July 2nd, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and of course today is the second day of the five days with Our Lady here at Caritas, Alabama, and uh, today is the day that we are focusing on uh, the individual conversion, and of course yesterday was the day of repentance and uh, renewal of our hearts, and of course today is individual conversion. Tomorrow will be uh, the conversion of the family and uh, the consecration of the family, and the following day, July 4th, uh, will be the uh, consecration of uh, our nation. And so tonight, or this afternoon, rather, as we begin uh, this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, we welcome you today, and we have the joy, of course, of having Our Lady with us, and this also brings the great grace of the purpose of her meeting is for our, our nation. And of course, our ladies taught us that our nation cannot and will not be healed except through the individual. And of our five days, this focus today is for individual conversion and our consecration to our lady, making her property owners of ourself, our, our very being, our very soul. Uh, Maria, I rather, Maria, actually, Maria has revealed and related to us that our lady is said in so many ways and words that when you consecrate yourself, Satan cannot have you, but he will not make your life simple. So a consecration is really giving titleship to, to yourself, to Our Lady. The importance of that, of course, is what she possesses, she protects. And it's the best insurance we have of, of, our, of our security, both temporal, this life, and, and eternity. So it's a great time to be alive at the same time a great difficult time to be alive but we're in a phase of life that there's few other times in history that one would want especially when we comprehend the greatness of the gift of heaven our least presence and so to be able to walk the grounds and be able to walk knowing that our lady's coming today that she's with us the same lady that 70,000 people traveled to Fatima for for the last apparition witnessed the great miracle it's no less the same person that seems far off in 1917 and, and the last century, thinking that it was something that unimaginable today, and yet every single day this happens. Fatima was just a few apparitions. Lourdes, France was just a few apparitions. But to the degree that Bernadette saw and Lourdes or, or the three children, Jacinta and Francisco, and <coughs> what was the third? Lucia. Lucia, Lucia. They, they themselves had this great grace of seeing Our Lady and lost let the two kids there. Uh, no one's received this grace the way they see, receive it today. Our Ivanka was told that. No one in the world has received the grace you and your brothers and sisters have received. And that was when Ivanka's uh, last daily apparition occurred. And so we're in a moment special in history our Lady's actually said that, that you're in a particular time. It was on June 25th, probably around 97, that she said you're in a particular time. So the times we have is not like any ever in history. And the sad thing is that so many people are so preoccupied, they can't connect to that because they don't stop long enough to be able to allow God in their heart to show them what's taking place. And I often thank God that he let me know <clears throat> and that Others came to me and let me know about it. 
Uh, we're in a great moment, a shining moment in man's history. And so today in Medjugorje, we have um, Mariana received her second of the month message. The second of the month message, of course, is something that's grown into from her daily apparitions when she lost those back in 1982. And I came back to her in interlocutions on the second month and eventually apparitions and now messages. And it's pretty much standard uh, that Our Lady's apparition to Mariana each month, the day for non-believers and messages for non-believers, that we get a message. And today's no different. So Our Lady's July 2nd, 2009 message to Mariana. Dear children, I am calling you because I need you. I need hearts ready for immeasurable love. Hearts that are not burdened by vanity. Hearts that are ready to love my son. Or rather, to love as my son loved. That are ready to sacrifice themselves as my son sacrificed himself. I need you. I, in order to, oh, to come with me, forgive yourselves, forgive others, and I adore my son. I adore him also for those who have not come to him, for those who do not love him. Therefore, I need you. Therefore, I call you. Thank you. It's interesting in this message that Our Lady says um, that she needs hearts. Uh, and then she says hearts that are not burdened by vanity. And that's an interesting term because what, what does Our Lady mean by the term vanity? Is it the way in which we think of vanity or is there maybe another meaning behind that that Our Lady may be uh, trying to get to us by saying not burdened by vanity and the fact that she actually uses the words burdened by vanity? Well, vanity is a burden to always be consumed with yourself and to thinking of yourself and, and fashions and into oneself is is a constant burden. Um, we know this guy at our church, he's constantly looking at his arms because he works out for, for muscles. And, and, he, and it's so much vanity, he no longer can see and be sensitive that he's constantly looking down, even in mass at himself. And uh, it, it's, um, you know, flexing of the muscles and this kind of thing. This is vanity. So vanity covers, you know, many forms. I was struck when I read this of, of something Maria told me years ago, all the way back in 1986, that when she saw hell, she saw this beautiful 17-year-old girl falling. She saw the flames below her, but she saw her actually falling into hell. And I thought, you know, 17-year-old is just a kid, really. Um, I know when I was 17, I didn't think I was a kid. Uh, I thought I had grown into young adulthood, but really you're just still a child. There's so much yet to learn, and, and unfortunately what 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, or 16-year-olds are learning, it's not good. And they're very impressionable, and they're very scarred by the wounds of the sins that they commit at this moment. But he, she saw the 17-year-old girl going into hell, and it, it appeared her sin was van, vanity. And the Vatican actually put out that many, uh, most possessions in Italy are by women, young women. And the head act uh, head exorcist Armorworth, is I think is his name, said that vanity is the main reason for this possession by the devil. And you see this. Uh, you see, you see, particularly, you know, and you know, people may be offended saying, "Well, women, most women are possessed." Well, this is the Vatican said this. Uh, it's recorded. You can look this up. I think I've written about it in the past. And uh, indeed, I've been with Maria in Italy. It was at a, a small stadium where she was speaking. The Ellen and the Nocusus was there. And uh, they carried the Eucharist through after the apparition, and everybody, several people went crazy. And they're very obviously demonically possessed. Nine of them were women. All nine of them. There's ten of them, actually, that, that did something. <coughs> and so, with this uh, taking place, I mean, we need, to, we need to look at vanity and see what that, how that you know, affects people. Uh, and what's the cause of this? Well, there are several. There, there are several different things that are that kind of stick out in this message, uh, and of course, it's uh, in in a one-hour show. It's only so much that you can actually cover in a message. Um, and like we've spoken about before, tomorrow, the meaning of this message for us tomorrow will be different than it is for us today. 
But it is interesting that in this message, Our Lady uses the word need. Um, it appears, let's see, one, two, uh, three, four times Our Lady says the word need in the term of I need you. And Our Lady said, because I need you, uh, I need hearts. And then again, another sentence, I need you. And then another sentence, therefore, I need you. And um, it's, it's almost like there's an urgency behind Our Lady in, the, in this terminology of her repeating to us four times that she needs us. Well, this always means something. January 8th, I think, is the day in 1986 when our, or 1987 when Our Lady says, I no longer will. Uh, appear to you, or rather, give you messages so frequently on every Thursday, and we know that she went from that point to January twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven, started giving monthly messages. With these monthly messages, we often see that she says that there's things such as "I need you" that really is a statement in itself. Now, in, now in in the in light of that. Uh, Our Lady's words to us today and her, her expressing the need for us. Um, th there, I guess Our Lady gives some stipulations in this. Of course, one of them we just spoke about, not burdened by vanity. And then she gives two other um, terms, I guess, so to speak, where she says, hearts that are ready to love as my son love, that are ready to sacrifice themselves as my son sacrificed himself. And then again, she repeats, I need you again. Uh, and this is just this is just so interesting because it's almost as if Our Lady's pleading with us in this message that uh, maybe we're the hope that Our Lady has for the world, us individually, uh, people throughout the world ready to respond to this message. Um, it, don't, do you feel that there's a search, uh, sense of urgency in Our Lady's words here? Well, certainly. She said, uh, you know, that you're ready to sacrifice. To be ready means that you have to be ready for something. But to fully answer this about this statement, I need you, she says... In the past, that she can't do nothing without us. She actually says, I want to collaborate with you. And she's asked us to, uh, in return, to collaborate with her. So it's both ways. She says, I come from the people. And we're considered the people. So when you see these kinds of statements in it, there's always more to it than, than that. You know, she said in the beginning days, I need you. I want you. You're important to my plans. Or she didn't say plans, but this one of the times she has said that. But in that message, uh, that you're important. So <clears throat> we underestimate that the significance of what we can do. And what our lady's trying to do, and we spoke about this, I think, yesterday or two days ago in my first talk, was about her Immaculate Heart's victory. She said she feels is being carried in those who consecrate themselves to her. Her victory is in her heart. She's like, Jesus is reign. Jesus' reign is in our heart, not in the kingdom, not in the government, not in voting something and taking over like Israel's, the zealots thought. But Jesus was king as a, of a kingdom through our hearts, and our lady's going to be any different. Why would you think it would be any different? So the need for what she needs to accomplish to, to triumph depends on us. And so she's coming to call us, and this need for hers is is a great need of which she says I can do nothing another message I can do nothing uh, myself I am just like you I have to pray so we recently heard her say plant she wants our prayers to plant in her heart well if you plant a, if you give her, her give her our prayer she plants that in her heart and that was her worst plant what does plant mean? Something grows. Our prayers grow in her heart, and what she's going to grow and what's going to be in her garden, what comes from her heart, is going to be magnificent compared to the fruit of what meant grow and we plant present to God. So again, that growth, and again, she says, you know, <clears throat> downstairs today, they're, they're, they're putting thousands of roses in the, in the roses that's been sponsored from people across the world, really, mostly across this nation, but even other countries, to be represented in the bedroom during the apparition. And there's, uh, seeing those vases after vase after vase of, of uh, these roses downstairs, you know, it reminds you of the message she says, I wish to create for eternity uh, you as a bouquet for eternity. 
And so we see these terms of plant growth, uh, seeds, their heart uh, is like plowed soil. And these words are not just symbolic. I mean, they really mean something. So <clears throat> the Magnificat Ali magnifies what does we do? My prayer is nothing but a cricket hollering to God compared to what my prayer given to her and she presented to God for. Mine's just scratching noise through her and through her sweet lips and her intercession. And she said this from the field to, to uh, November 24th, 1988. Her first apparition is, I am here to help you. I will intercede before God for all your intentions. Leave my messages. And so we, we have something here for our nation. Something for conversion. And the fact that way back then we could never imagine what it is that's happening now and where Lady brought us to. And again tonight, again, Our Lady says the apparitions will be in the bedroom when we are gathered here together for people in the field to plead as an enemy to change ourselves and change our nation. That change comes back to the individual. That change comes back to the home. That change comes back to the family bed where conception takes place. Our Lady's birthing something. And we have a beautiful love story here. When you see the whole thing had unfolded, and, and we didn't understand it for years. Even five years later, six years later, we began to grasp Our Lady is saying that the, the, the conversion process of the individual, the family, makes up the healing of the nation. Our tendency is always to want somebody else to do it. Our tendency is always to want to vote somebody else into making things work. And we're looking to others for the wrong reasons. Uh, we're looking, we're, we're not turning to God himself. And he says that you are ready to sacrifice themselves, us, as my son sacrificed himself. Do you think our lady means this just symbolically? To live with the lady, to live the spiritual life is to sacrifice so when she says, uh, I need hearts ready for measurable love, hearts that are not burdened by vanity, hearts that are ready to love as my son loved, that are ready to sacrifice themselves as my son sacrificed himself. And of course, if you scan the messages and you look and say, well, what would our lady say? You know, because she calls for fasting, she calls for prayer, she calls for many things and renunciations. But if you scan all the 28 years of messages, you'll see, you'll see the sacrifice. Now I remember wondering, well, what is, what is the, 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 the most important sacrifice that she calls for? And so I looked one day, and she actually says it. She says, what is the greatest sacrifice? And her words are, the greatest sacrifice is love. And it's interesting in this message, she says, preceding this, calling for the sacrifice, the same sacrifice her son suffered, is I need hearts ready for measurable love. So the sacrifice of love means what? You're going to always prefer another's needs. You're going to suffer for that person. You're going to push yourself, deny yourself, deny yourself sleep for the baby who get up in the middle of the night or somebody who's in need or in preparation for what we did for the people who come here. Those people go back home and do the same thing. That's love. Because your vanity is to... Take care of yourself. Your vanity is make sure you're rested. Your vanity is make sure that you've got uh, every little thing that the flesh wants. And when you deny these things, it's love. And does the world operate that way? No. Uh, I rem <clears throat> you can see women often dress for women now. And they get off base because they don't even ask man's opinion now. They, they all go to the magazines and look for each other. And you see it. They, you, you see women constantly looking at the woman who goes by, looking, and she, she scan her. For, it's not the guys doing it. It's amazing. It'll be the woman. She'll look from top to head to, to the shoes to see how the woman's dressed, what she's wearing, how she's walking, what her figure is. And anybody can observe this. You just go anywhere, and you'll see this. And it's so blatant. Uh, and they're, they're all looking at each other, how they're dressed, and maybe I need to dress that way, and they're degrading. And, and uh, I read an article years ago about how uh, wives thought their husbands want them to dress or how they'd like it. And then they interviewed the husbands and what they thought, totally the opposite. He actually wanted to dress like, like his sister. 
And she, she, the way she dressed, I can't even talk about it, the way she thought she should dress. You know, and so they're actually women and women compete with each other. They're vanity. And they're not guided by really, really what's right or what's proper. And so we have these things happening, and yet we've lost our way. We've lost the power of discernment. Do we as Christians lead the world, or are we being led by the world? Compromise has infected the Christian value system. We are called by Our Lady to change our life, and through that, to change others through our witness to the light. In today's world of technology and traffic jams, it can be difficult to understand how to live biblically. As go God's people, so goes the world. A remarkable writing that will open your eyes to Our Lady's plans to free us from the bondage of things and help us to understand that peace can only be found in a society where love reigns and God is acknowledged. As go God's people, so goes the world. Available on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Well, we have... Everyone here, of course, in prayer, and we spoke the other day. I think, is that available, what we talked about the first, or is that yesterday's talk? Oh, which, which one was it? Um, we were talking about investment. Yes. About the, investing these five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want to encourage everybody to get that, because uh, often when you're in, in events like this, you're, you're focused on that, and you say things that you never even think about. You just sometimes wing it, and then it comes out, but this... Being that we're here, you know, things are more profound. I've been in Medjugorje many times where the priest would say things that were very, very profound. And those things he said would often be echoed into Our Lady. And uh, I'm amazed at this message today because uh, what we were speaking about yesterday is in the message. You know, adore my son, adore Jesus. And we can't anticipate what all he's going to do the next day or what she's going to say that morning, but this explanation is, normally I'll write a commentary about uh, Mariana's second of the month message, but I don't think I can write anything better than than what I, I feel I was inspired to be talked about yesterday. And it's really about making everything new again. You know, our lady here and says, you know, I need hearts that's ready for immeasurable love. I need hearts not burdened by vanity. It's a burden. I just witnessed somebody in Mezzagoria that that uh, is a frequent visitor to Medjugorje, not not American, but from a European country. And uh, the vanity that shows forth is just, it, it, it was annoying to me because she was around the apparitions and just constantly there for to be seen and seen. And, and sometimes people's nature, they they don't even realize the vanity that they're, they're there for. And often we see around the visionary sometimes... Um, they're treated almost like Hollywood actors, and so you're there as a groupie. But it's it's more of a thing to be seen, seen to be seen, and and it's very vain, it's very obvious, and and you pray for these souls. But at the same time, that's that's there. But Our Lady's coming to make everything new again. The sacrifice of Jesus Himself was to understand Jesus in a way that everything would be made new again. And I found it amazing that Our Lady says that are ready to sacrifice themselves for my son as my son sacrificed himself. Don't think Ali's not asking for martyrdom. She sat at the foot of the cross. She saw her son killed. She wanted to question it, but she knew the reason. You know, she wanted to say, why? Why, God, are you allowing my son to be killed? At the same time, she knew why. And you know the same thing, too. You know when she says sacrifice as my son sacrificed himself, what that really means. Our Lady's not just playing with words. She's calling us to be willing to go 
where her son went. In 1988, she gave a beautiful message when Maria was here in our bedroom that I wish you like to be loved, only love. Everything you do, do it with love. You also do as Jesus did. He died out of love for you. Back in 1988, she was calling for this. Maybe not so blatant, but she says this here, that are ready to sacrifice themselves as my son sacrificed himself. You think she thinks it's pleasant? No, but she knows no one goes to heaven without suffering. No one is allowed in heaven without her son suffering. And she said, another message be a reflection of Jesus. Do you think you're going to go to heaven without suffering? Do you think you're going to make it and be purified without the necessity of being crushed and purified? It's not going to happen. Ali says, in order to come with me, forgive yourself, forgive others, and adore my son, adore him also. For those who have not come to him, those who do not love him, therefore I need you, therefore I call you. Exactly how it's supposed to be I'm right here Can you hear my voice? My life, my love, my Lord My baby boy As they nail me to this tree Just know the fire happens whatever you see whatever your eyes tell you has become of me this is not it's not the end I am making all things new again
Whatever happens, whatever you see, whatever your eyes tell you has become of me. This is not, no, it's not the end. I am making all things new again. Make you want you to just fall in love with our lady? I, I think God so often, what would we do without her? I, I said, Jesus, I know you suffered for me. I know you died for me, but our lady saved me. She saved me. You know, we live in such a, a world that we, we're so insensitive to sin and so, uh, so hard to so many things that because of our wants and our desires, that even sometimes it's not enough uh, in the power that the devil has risen up and influenced us with his prodigies and his, uh, his allurements and his, as the lady said on the mountain, his dazzling um, glitter. That often that can drown out God's ways. It can drown out Jesus. But the mother, you can't turn against her. You have to really be hard to turn against her. And I find myself saying to Jesus frequently, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for sending your mother. Where would I be without her? Where would I be? I think the, the 2,000 years of Christianity, things have crusted up. Things have gotten hard. And it's calloused the heart. Things have happened, and so much of Jesus' path was... Uh, born that we begin to lose the Christian we begin, we begin to lose Christianity and of course the gates of hell will never prevail against the church we know that's not going to happen but it might get close to it and when it gets ready to prevail and God not, God's not going to let that happen what's going to happen for him to stop that the Holy Virgin Mary it's his answer to us of what is his mercy. And I tell you, if we've ever lived in a time that's experiencing God's mercy, it is now. Maria earlier mentioned in her talk today, a beautiful talk about Our Lady that we'll probably make available. Is it available here already on the grounds? Uh, it will be on the, probably for the days that we have it on the grounds available. But also where you can download it and uh, hear it. But in there she mentioned Maria Vitora. Which she really does. I'm glad she did mention it because that's the book's The Point Man God. And she was one of the, she was the individual visionary who went on behalf of some seminaries in 1981 asking if these books could be read. Now, he says one must read these books. Not that they're okay. Not that maybe. She says one must read these books. If you want the proper take on the messages, the proper slant, the proper view, because things are so interpretable one way or another. You do need to read the Point Man Guide. But in there, you get such an insight of the Holy Virgin Mary, such a, um, a beautiful look of her and how she has influenced and the, the love Jesus, her son, himself had on her, that it's, 
so touching and so moving. And it helps crack over, open, actually, the mysteries of the messages. So Maria mentioned that today. I don't remember what that was in reference to. Do you? Uh, but anyway, the fact that she mentions this is a real, real uh, endorsement of these books and in her support and a real understanding of that. So it's very important for us to have this part of our spiritual life. If you had not got the point, man, God, you need to get those. Uh, they're, a, <clears throat> they're the most, a must for the tools of the trade, you might want to say, to really understand the spiritual life and what we must do today. And so much of, of what's in the scriptures is clouded by the, this hard, callous society. The view of, of um, the church and how it is and what it's about today uh, is lost. I heard some pastors talking about on the other day about how the churches have grown um, where they're not given church anymore. Of course, this is not like talking about man. This is talking about Protestant churches. But in this, they were just discussing this whole thing about they're not being fed anymore. And when we look at the third secret of heaven, when that was released, we have Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, who's now Pope Benedict, said that private revelations, which is what Our Lady's doing here, what Our Lady will do this afternoon at 640, this private revolution, revolu, uh, revelation is something that uh, is nece necessary. He said it had, Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, said it had a negative view, that many in the church have a negative view of private revelation. And he says we need private revelations. In other words, we need the Virgin Mary. We need the apparitions today. We need the apparitions of Medjugorje what they offer because otherwise scriptures become sterile without private revelations they give life to it public revelation ceased with death of the death of the last apostle but private revelations uh, can continue and they affect the public revelation given new insights otherwise Cardinal Ratzinger said we are confined to the sterile repetition of the scriptures. And I think that's what's happened for the last 2,000 years. As we've progressed, it became sterile through the 60s and the 70s. And here comes Our Lady to give new life to the scriptures. And many people, the devil actually, I believe, inspires some people to say, well, Our Lady's saying the same thing. She's just uh, repeating the gospel. Well, that makes me pass off the message. That's not what Our Lady's doing. And yet that's exactly what Our Lady's doing. But what is she doing? She's bringing us the gospel of Mary. Have you got that recorded? Do we have that? Somewhere. <laughs> Can we find that somehow and even play that? I don't know. But the Gospel of Mary is her words. She's come to teach us the way Jesus taught in the Scriptures, but Mary's Gospel, Mary's way. Mary's way in that has she, from her perspective, would explain the New Testament. So in essence, Mary's messages... What she's telling us, what she told us today in Mariana's message, Our Lady to Mariana, is the echo of scriptures, but not only that, is her version of the New Testament. Oh, is it independent? Is it, I'm saying independent, a new New Testament? No. It's private revelation, giving light to public revelation, and bringing it more to life. The sacred, sacred heart revelation was private revelation, but it's mentioned in the Mass. So don't say the church doesn't use this in this way. It does. And so Mary's, uh, Mary's gospel, something I wrote a couple of three years ago, caused a little bit of a turmoil. People said, I'm saying this is, you can't say Mary's gospel. But that's exactly what she's given to us. She's given a whole gospel about the gospel. If she's... Her, the son of her son was the word, then do you not think she can be the mother of the word and echo that word in a way? So I think we've got this. If you got that way, that can be played. Found it. Uh, do it. Did you? Looking for it. <laughs> oh, it's not ready yet. Okay. But anyway, the, the words in there is better than what I could say now because I thoughtfully wrote this down and I felt when I wrote it, it I felt it was inspired. I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt it was written by that. And so. Uh, Riaz liked it so much he wanted to put this out on production, which he did, and I don't think we ever had it ready. So it may not be perfect. I don't know. But anyway, what happened today is something of, of a historical significance in the, in the walk of man. Uh, we're being given words of Our Lady to help us through the Antichrist system. 
And we have that mock-up that's happening today. We have an antichrist system against us and suppressing us to such a degree that uh, that we don't know where we are. For the first time in this country, we think, can we be martyred? And it says, hearts that are ready to love as my son loved, that are ready to sacrifice themselves as my son sacrificed himself. As my son sacrificed himself. You got it? Still can't find it. Well, <clears throat> we have, our gatherings here are always of, of a spirit of sacrifice. Uh, of course, we're here in July. It's hot. It's, it's not a pleasant situation, but no one will leave here if they open their heart. No one will come here with an open heart. They won't be given much more than they ever could imagine. And so we often have this at, at the end of the five days where people say it was a high moment, high moment of my life. And if you're even within driving distance, we encourage you to come. You won't regret it. It's that important. We have also our lady said that uh, adore him also for those who have not come to know him. Those who do not love him. Of course, that's what this day is about, the second of the month. And I wrote the prayer, prayer for nonbelievers. And in that prayer uh, is discussed about a new, a new prayer that Mariana has. And in this new prayer that she has, this... Uh, Actually, have you got that handy too? The prayer for non-believers. Yeah, prayer for non-believers. Yes, I do. Can you play that, or I got to read it? It's got to be read. Okay. Uh, in this, Mariana once told me about it. she's she's been given this prayer that's going to sweep through the whole world. It's going to be released, and the way I understood it, it's like a it's like a wave, and this wave is going to come through the whole world and and somehow give. An experience of the love of God to non-believers who are explained as people who have never experienced God's love and will give them possibility to convert. The way Mariana described this, this is going to be like some great action of God sweeping through the earth that could be connected to the secrets. I don't know. Ask Mar- Mariana. Does, she has a special prayer for this. Her and Vizca both say it on the second of the month and other times. And in saying this prayer, it's in preparation for us receiving this special prayer for non-believers, which will bring worldwide conversion to non-believers. You want to read that, Rios? Yes, the uh, prayer for non-believers uh, says, Come, Mary, come tomorrow again and again. We will pray with you. Bring back our loved ones who have left the church, those who have left God. We will join you on the second of each month. We will pray for greater graces to be attached to your intention. We will pray that the dam of love of God's mercy will break forth, that your new prayer be released soon. We will pray that it will flow out as a river to all the nations, that as the rivers fill the oceans, your love of God will fill the earth. We wait. We anticipate that great day, and we call you as you have called us to add our prayers, fasting, and sacrifices to Mariana's in order that you may obtain all your wishes for the world. O loving Mother, Thank you for the gift that the world is on the brink of receiving. And this was inspired after speaking to Mariana and learning about this. And, and um, I mean, I was excited, tremendously excited to learn this. And she had been praying this for years, and nobody ever actually uh, just asked questions about it. And I asked her, is this secret to be known? She said, it's not secret. And I said, can I know about these prayers now? And she said, well, that, that part's secret, but it will be released. But it's not part of the Ten Secrets. So this is a beautiful thing. And we have, um, knowing that Our Lady's beautiful, have you got, you got the Gospel of Mary? Uh, anyway, we know, we know that Our Lady's beautiful, and I've often, we've often known and heard Maria say that Our Lady uh, says that she's beautiful because she's loved. And that if we want to be beautiful to love, and this is the contradiction here about vanity. Vanity is loving of self, and Our Lady doesn't care for herself. She doesn't look for her own needs. She looks for ours. And even today, she can be enjoying herself in heaven, but she concerns herself. She's often grieved. She, you know, Mariana, or it could have been Yvonne, one of the two said, if you could just see one tear of Our Lady, you would never want to commit a sin again. You know, do they commit sin? They certainly do, because we're human. And if you think you don't sin because you see that tear, that's vanity. So in humility, we know... We're men, we're weak men, we need God's mercy, we need his love, 
and to be beautiful is to love. I asked Maria to explain this to me one time in Italy at her house. We were sitting there talking on the couch, and I asked her, I said, Maria, <clears throat> how you, you once said that Our Lady is more beautiful than the day, day before. I said, that can't be. I mean, you've been seeing at that time probably it was 20 years of apparitions. How do you, why do you say that? I mean, I, I said the way I would understand that, way I would explain that by what you tell me, Maria, is that the freshness of, a, of an experience of seeing her annihilates everything in the past and you see that beauty at the present and you forget that, that which was yesterday. She says, no. I says, yeah, that's, that's probably how it is. She says, no. She said, Our Lady was more beautiful than yesterday. I said, then Maria, Our Lady would have to be more beautiful than the week before and more beautiful than the week before that and the month before that, year before that. I mean, you can't go 20 years every day she's getting more beautiful. She says, yes, it's that way. And I grilled her on this, and I was amazed at this. I says, you're, you're certain it's just not because you're seeing her and she's so, it's so intense at that moment that you, you because it's a human... Uh, it's got to be humanly defined of your memory yesterday. She says, no, Our Lady is more beautiful. And I begin to realize that as Our Lady comes and blesses, and she comes back the next 24 hours and blesses again. She's accumulated all these prayers of ours she's asked for. And those are her jewels in her crown. Those are the gold, uh, golden rays that come through her uh, clothing on feast days from her very being that Maria describes. And she accumulates these prayers. She wins conversion. She becomes more beautiful. And that, that is biblical that we explain, that we become radiant. The more good, the more virtue we possess, the more we radiate that. The more conversion is happening, Our Lady is, is rewarded. And even on the 2000th birthday, she said, Never have I cried in sorrow as I cried in joy on this day. That was her 2000th birthday. Because she's accumulating. She's after wealth. She wants those souls. Not to be more beautiful there in herself, but that's what God bestows upon her. Look what she's winning for heaven's sake. They rejected Jesus. They rejected his, he rejected the plan of salvation. And so if you really are interested in beauty, a beauty and not be struck by the vanity of the world, you do the opposite of vanity. And how many people you know that's very virtuous that has a physical attraction, even if they're physically not beautiful? Attributes of virtue Long for one to be around those individuals. And so if you want to be beautiful, you love. And if you love, you'll be beautiful. From the top of the world I will see A majority from my glorious King And in my heart I can see Your loving arms Coming down to me From the top of the world I will sing Of joy from my glorious King And in my heart I can see Your loving arms coming down to me By Your blood that washed over me By Your grace came down to kiss me Oh
What's the obstacle for you being beautiful? Not physically, but really have a beautiful heart. And you can think of somebody in your life that really had virtues and the, the, something attracted to you, but it wasn't the physical thing. It was just something about their heart. And that's, that's the minus of vanity, you know, to feel yourself a virtue. The obstacle for that is forgive yourself. Our lady says, I need you in order, and then in order to come to with me, forgive yourself, forgive others, and adore my son. You can't come to her if you haven't forgiven yourself first. So our day here, for people that's gathered here and for people across this nation that's joining us in the Spirit and participating in this in prayer, is you have to forgive yourself. You've seen people torn with guilt. You see it on a countenance. That they're, they're, you see the gloom on their face because they can't forgive themselves for the way they've, uh, they've lived or raised their children and regret all the regrets they have. The beauty of Our Lady is she makes all things new, like the song said, the first song said. Uh, how does that happen? We have to give all our problems to God. Give them to Jesus. When he says, give me your problems, don't hold on to them. They make you ugly. Seek forgiveness. Confess. Take those burdens off of you. Take that vanity, the burden of vanity, she said. Can you imagine that? What does that mean? That's something to keep in your mind in these days. Hearts that are not burdened by vanity because vanity magazines teach, billboards teach, the television, everything teaches, you know, do something for yourself. You deserve it. Do this cream, it'll make wrinkles go away. Whatever type of vanity it is, there's many types. This is a burden. It's a burden to think you have to look in uh, the mirror so long to get, prep yourself when, when you're not doing that to your heart. I'm not saying not to be decent or not to be kept. Uh, in the point of man, God, Maria talked already, uh, Maria Vartorta saw how well Our Lady was kept. And actually, uh, Maria was in our kitchen yesterday and somebody, uh, somebody was in there and they, they uh, Maria was just working like crazy and, and uh, doing the dishes and doing this and moving around in the kitchen. And, and they said, boy, she works. And I said, well, that's because she knows what Our Lady did. She said, what do you mean by that? And I told her, I said, well, I was once with Maria. I'm sitting at the kitchen table. And, uh, but I was with Maria years ago and I asked her, have you ever, do you know anything about Our Lady's private life? She says, yes. Our Lady's talked to me about her private life. I said, why? She says, to help me in my life. I says, okay, now tell me about this hoping to hear the words. She says, I can't. So I sidestep, and how do I find out about what Our Lady told her? Well, I find out about what Our Lady told her to help her in her life by watching Maria in her life and knowing how Our Lady was herself. So she admitted Our Lady told me how she did things and how she lived, 
And Maria said, it was to help me in my life. So I concluded that if I'm watching her, I know things about Our Lady. And I tell you, I saw, I've seen virtue in Maria that, that is of a divine nature. And she does. She busies herself. She keeps herself active. She, she, uh, <clears throat> the way she cleans, everything is, you're watching Our Lady in many ways. She's got the human frailties. I'm not talking about uh, idolizing somebody. But she has virtues that, that are very contagious, which brings us to Our Lady's plan. She wants your witness to be contagious. She wants you to adopt these virtues. What I transmit to many of my writings is what I've, I've, I've not just heard from Maria or the visionaries or seen, but, but actually seen things. And so we have this. And so your obstacle to, to coming to our, our Lady is forgiving yourself. You know, your countenance should be one of a, of a lightness. It doesn't mean you won't be burdened with life's trials. That's part of the spiritual life. But you can free yourself from these things. I mean, he wants us to. And that's what she said today on the July 2nd, 2009 message about the day for non-believers, which includes you for all the non-belief in you. And just before we close in the next few minutes here, uh, for those of you that are joining us from your homes uh, all over the world, uh, if you want to join in the prayer with us, uh, of course, the apparition tonight will be at 6.40 p.m. Central USA, which is uh, about an hour and 40 minutes from now. So uh, join us from your home. Be in prayer with us at the same time uh, that Our Lady is praying with us and, and is praying over us and blessing us and blessing the world. And um, tomorrow's broadcast will be again at 4 p.m. Well, we'd like to close with as always, that we, you're in our hearts. We are here as missionaries. Our Lady just told Ivanka on her 25th message, I call you to be an apostle. It's not a game. It's not a little bitty call. It's something very serious that she's calling you to really literally be an apostle. She wants to rebuild the world. With that, the church. But these things, much we always think in the context where Our Lady's coming, she's the Virgin Mary, therefore it's owned by Catholics. This is not just a Catholic thing. This is a worldwide thing because it's God's desire to convert the entire world. The question must be posed, what are you doing to, to bring this about? And so we must look at Our Lady. We must see what she's teaching. We must learn her ways, her walk. We must imitate what we see as virtue, just like what I was just describing about Maria how she acts and what she emulates is Our Lady herself. Our Lady, her way, her words, she wants you to imitate. So read this message today. Follow it. Be in prayer these next five days, so these next four days, and let's heal our families, ourselves, and our nation. Good evening. We love you. We'll be praying for you.